0: It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAM.
1: Troy spent the last week in Lake of the Ozarks. I spent the last
0: week watching Ozark on Netflix. One of those is a much prettier outcome than the other. Who witnessed more crime?
1: We'll get to that here on uh, The Game. We're back after a week off. Troy was on vacation. I was not, technically. Although I did take maybe a little bit, a few you know, a few extra hours off here and there. But uh, try to revamp a few things on the show. Welcome back to The Game after a week off. I am Mitch Fortner. And with Troy Coverdale, which is us two today, 537-1350 is the number to call, and I, I got a feeling that uh, the Bad cats are going to be a very big topic in today's show, but we will get to that here in just a little bit. Brian Smoller from K-State, who is on the road trip to Arlington with Matt Walters on the broadcast via the K-State Sports Network from Learfield, will join us at 510 to talk about the Cats getting snubbed, being left out as a second team out of the NCAA Tournament with Regionals getting ready to start This upcoming weekend. But, Troy, tell me about Lake of the Ozarks. How much crime did you witness? Were there any shady things going on Lake of the Ozarks?
0: No, because we were in a location, A, where, okay, well, honestly, shady things could have taken place. My brother's condo is in what is the extreme northeast corner of Lake of the Ozarks, as you near Bagnell Dam. And as such, it's uh, it's very quiet. You are about, no, about five miles from the dam. So for folks to come off the main body of water up into that area, you have to be planning to kind of maneuver into that region. And so, you know, honestly, from a location standpoint, yeah, there could be some crime that takes place in there so, because be, it's heavily wooded around there. <laughs> there I, that is for sure. You know, and I want to be careful. I don't want to give like any spoilers
1: away, <laughs> but because, you know, I, if you're like me, I wait till the show, like all the seasons are out and I just like right. to binge watch it. And I didn't start this week, but I binge watched quite a bit of it with Lindsay this weekend and I'm already into the second part of season four. So I'm getting close to the end. It's not the longest show in the world. But were there a weird amount of, like, big black SUVs?
0: No. Okay. No. Thank goodness. There were, you know, about what you would expect in terms of rather large pickup trucks. Some of okay. which I am amazed that they drive through some of the roadways as fast as Man, they do. It is the Redneck Riviera. So, once once you get to Sedalia, it becomes one route in and one route out, essentially, to my brother's place. And so uh it, it's a pretty winding path to get there.
1: So being there Memorial Day weekend, how yes. busy were the waters? Was it exceptionally busy, a lot of partying?
0: Uh yes. Uh let's just say fireworks on Saturday night. Okay. Um the parking lot was full for the condo facility. Uh and 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 it's part of a cluster back in there, but uh the the parking lot was uh, well utilized by the time that we left on Sunday morning. It was very busy and you can definitely see the difference from the opening weekend of of our vacation to opening weekend of the holiday season if you will. Uh because it was very quiet for the most part. You'd get a stray you know jet ski out on the lake. A boat, maybe a fisherman or two out there, you know, but for the most part, relatively quiet as opposed to motors constantly going. But by Friday evening, it ramped up big time. And Saturday was just all day. uh, Boats, jet skis, everybody was out on the lake having a good time. Good. Absolutely. I, I won't argue
1: with that. Last time I was at Lake of the Ozarks, I think it was 2018, and I was there for a bachelor party. Probably should have waited another weekend because another weekend, I think it got to Memorial Day weekend, but it was also graduation weekend, so it wasn't like crazy busy. Didn't get busy till like the last night we were there. And then there's like actually people, like strangers to talk to and mingle with and right. party, have a good time, go to bars or whatever, you know, party on the water during the day. Uh, but I want to get back out there, not just because of watching Ozark. It's just a, it's a pretty cool place to go. It really I used to go as a kid a lot.
0: And one of the aspects of it, it that was enjoyable, and I did have to laugh about it, you know, uh, mentioning that it got crowded. There was one house a uh, couple of doors down from where the condo sits, where uh, it was uh, bro country, oh, Def Leppard, okay. and <laughs> and the like uh, for a good portion of the weekend.
1: Not exactly winning me over there. I, I
0: know. I'm, I'm being semi-sarcastic. I'm trying to listen to baseball on the balcony and uh being overridden in terms of volume it was uh it was a bit loud yeah By the way the royals right now 17
1: and 38 so there may be a chance yet uh, for the royals to bounce back that may be a sign so troy says he didn't see any crime that could just be him being all hush hush maybe he was paid ha! off and he's turning uh hey, hey, he's hey, looking hey. the other way hey
0: remember my brother's an attorney so you know I...
1: hey there's some bad attorneys <laughs> in, in ozark <laughs> Some shady ones. <laughs> Meanwhile, I did witness some crime. Oh, boy. I did witness some crime. It was on Monday morning. Oh, boy. On the TV. I was watching yeah. ESPN2. Yeah. And 40 minutes into the selection show for college baseball and the NCAA regionals, I see K-State as a second team left out of the NCAA tournaments, but the likes of Texas Tech, Oklahoma that finished behind K-State in the Big 12 standings, And also a team like Arizona, and I mean, we will get to those Wildcats here in just a second that got into the tournament, as one of the last four teams in, and K-State does not get in. So I suppose because this is, RPI is a big, big, big factor in determining who gets the at-larges. That story did not begin yesterday with K-State. Or the other teams that were on the horizon and maybe getting in and didn't get in. This is an issue that probably goes back decades and really hasn't been resolved like college basketball found a way to somewhat resolve the major issues they had in RPI going to the net rankings. There's still complaints, of course, but it's not like what it used to be. And I'm not the biggest you know, expert in college baseball, but as a K-State fan, it feels like now it's our turn to complain about RPI and the... Formula or maybe lack thereof of the way teams get selected for the NCAA tournament. So the the biggest comparison, obviously, with K State would be with Oklahoma. Cats finished ahead of Oklahoma in the Big Twelve standings by a game. K State made it to the semifinals of the NCAA or the uh, Big Twelve tournament in Arlington, Texas. K State had a better overall record. I mean, a lot, lot of record stuff, of course, but. What feels like the most important thing is K-State swept Oklahoma during the regular season. Maybe the committee was distracted by watching Marquise Noel in the NCAA tournament and didn't get to watch that particular series, but committee K-State did, in fact, sweep Oklahoma. K-State took two out of three when they faced Texas Tech earlier in the year. Pete Hughes, head coach of K-State baseball, has even released a statement, and he's not happy. As You know what? And I totally understand. Absolutely. The way you got snubbed and seeing who got in instead of K-State would anger me, and I'm a fan. But I can't imagine the anger Pete Hughes has as the head coach. This is his statement. The Division I baseball committee and the system failed K-State, our program, and our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI and flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring, and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that has zero gray area is head-to-head competition. It's definitive. Somehow, uh, someone wins and someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of an overall conference play and also two teams we beat head-to-head. Why play the games if the records are not valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? And it's, it's inexplicable and disappointing. Our players and community deserve better. Yeah. think you absolutely deserve better. And it's now two of the last three years, this one... Much heavier than two years ago because K State RPI wise was in the mid 70s. Didn't feel like a good shot at all. But heading into the selection show Monday morning, Memorial Day, and knew that K State was borderline. It's what all the baseball media was talking about. The latest projections had K State last four in, last four out. I think, you know, heading into Monday, I think it was more last four or uh, first four out for K State. But as a K-State fan and you know, use in the past decade to just not really being in the conversation, haven't paid as close attention to this overall selection process. But the more research I've done, it more you'll realize that RPI is an extremely heavy factor. Because 14 of the 16 teams that are hosting regionals are in the top sixteen of RPI. And most of the at-larges kind of fill the gaps of who are in the top 45 of the RPI. In a way, it feels lazy. It feels lazy like RPI is just an easy way to decide who gets in, who's going to be left out.
0: As I put it on Twitter in a conversation here in the last hour, at that point, why are you even playing the game? Why not just let the computers uh, just... Simulate all of it and and let the blue bloods fall where they may.
1: As a K State fan and not happy about Oklahoma getting in after you swept them, you did better in the Big Twelve standings. I I, I think non con because uh, uh, that's what RPI is, right? You know your quality, your quad one wins, quad two, three, four, non con strength of schedule, all that stuff. And Oklahoma did have a tougher non con schedule than K State did. And when it's all said and done, you know Oklahoma played six more quad two games than K State did. K-State played seven more quad four games than Oklahoma did. That There's your biggest, when it comes to schedule, difference. But, I mean, there's a whole lot more criteria listed for the selection committee when deciding these teams. It's a whole lot more than just RPI. Like, it, it goes as far as you can just, maybe not just, but you could go from the last 15 games, what have you done for me lately, records, you know. And then it, it, it's gone as far now as... If you watch the selection show, the committee chairman, John Cohen, comes on after the field is released and says, we need some RPI reform. We have to do something about this. This is flawed. He came right out and said that. So now K-State once again has fallen into... Well, it feels like our year, but we're left out due to the way things are calculated now. Maybe things will finally change after enough people speak up. Well, I mean, it's a day later, and Coach Hughes has spoke up. Gene Taylor has backed up Pete Hughes uh, with, you know, I couldn't agree more. I totally 100% agree. And our seniors, our community, our team, our our school got the shaft this year, and K-State is – the latest example of that in Arizona, Arizona getting in with their RP at 45, which by the way, Casey, it was 55, Oklahoma was 40. I mean, heck, Georgia was not on the first four left out, but just give you an idea of like the strength of the SEC, the value that was put on the SEC this year. Their RPI was 42 and their overall record was 29 and 27. They're 11 and 19 in in conference play, but Arizona... This might be the biggest – K-State might not be the biggest issue, or at least when it comes to teams left out. I mean, Arizona State might be making just as loud as an argument or even louder with them not getting in, and Arizona did. Arizona, a 45 RPI ranking. Mm. Arizona State was 52. USC was uh, 53. Well, Arizona finished four and a half games back of Arizona State and USC and Arizona they finished with a Pac-12 record of 12 and 18 and this is a conference that's considered worse than the Big 12 Arizona State had a had a Pac-12 record of 16 and 13 and by the way Arizona State swept
0: Arizona N- swept them nonsensical and it was completely unconsidered nonsensical absolutely nonsensical why not just let it be simulated on computers if, if you're going to approach wins and losses that way maddening well coming up at at 5 10 i, I think i just heard the weather
1: radio yes. go off again so we might have another severe weather update coming up here well we could do it
0: now or do you want to take a break uh let me go ahead you're sque- to probably get all the info together right yep i got it we can squeeze it in here
1: brian Smoller joins us at five ten. i want to get to my top 10 list next on the game We're back on the game. Mitch and Troy, 537 1350 is our number. At 510, Brian Smaller, K State broadcaster, who's in Arlington for the Big 12 tournament. We join us to talk. Backcats wrapping up the season. By the way, K State finishes their season 25, make that 35 and 24. And uh, they made it to the semifinals of the, the Big 12 tournament. Unfortunately, the two losses in Arlington was to the hottest team in in baseball, TCU. Holy smokes! Did they roll? Nobody's hotter than the Horned Frogs. I and I tell you what, like I had like a new, like, like I don't know how to explain it, like some new faith, I guess, maybe in the pitching staff after Arlington, because man, like that first game against TCU, Borma just struggled. It was rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, TCU mm-hmm. just came out firing, and and Borma struggled and. Then you get into the Texas game, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a, it's going to be a Tyrule tyson neighbors game. I mean, you, you need this victory. I was thinking, like, going into that game, you know, if they could just get this win, I'm actually, I think I'm feeling pretty good about NCAA chances. You beat the one seed, you beat a top-20 RPI team, and K-State blanked them. It was a two-hitter by Tyrule and tyson neighbors. and by the way, they were under the weather. Right. There's like a bug going around or something. I don't know the whole story there, but I think it was I think it was Na- Ty Rule. I think he was the mm-hmm. one that was all messed up in the tummy. And he goes out there and throws five or something like that. And combined Ty Rule and Tyson neighbors, two hit, shut out the one seed. One of the three Big 12 champions. And then they just, Herman Fajardo needed a great bounce back. And he goes seven and a third, allows one run against KU. That was awesome. Love that stuff from Fajardo, and then Borma comes in for Rothermel in the in the in the TCU game and goes three innings and the, the two runs he gave up were, were unearned. That was another thing nine nine errors in in Arlington for the Cats.
0: That was huge for K State in the weekend. Is that they did not, unfortunately, they did not perform well in the field, uh, giving up more runs than what they should have. Through the course of it, because of the miscues. So during the break, because you know the the other argument
1: here is okay, you know our you know the RPI situation with the selection stuff. You know, you know, strength of schedule is going to be a pretty big key in selection. You know, shouldn't you be scheduling towards that? And you know, I I'd have to ask the man himself what he thinks about that. Um, I don't, I guess, have an answer. I mean, there's an argument for sure. Like you, you know, what you got to do. Plus, you also got to take care of business. Kind of knew the situation going into the final couple of weeks. Uh, you knew you were probably in at the point, but you still needed to win. And, you know, Cats will get a few wins here and there, but maybe just, you know, you can make the argument. Down the stretch just wasn't enough uh, to get in. So many ways you could bring an argument for or against. But right now, as uh, we continue to talk K-State baseball, I want to look back at a top ten list I did three weeks ago it was 10 records to watch for K-State baseball down the stretch. So I thought with my top 10 this week, we will look back at those 10 records and see where K-State landed. Number 10. And we're going to go in the order I did three weeks ago. So number 10 was home runs in a season. I knew K-State would get there because they were knocking on the door of being the third best team all time in home runs in a year. And that's exactly what K-State did. They hit 77 this year. As a team that is third best all time, they had 89-21, 84-22, 77 this year. So there you have it. The last three seasons for K-State Baseball are the three best in history when it comes to hitting home runs. Number nine. Individual home runs in a season. I'm not a believer in a broadcaster's jinx. And I wasn't calling a game. All I was doing was interviewing K-State first baseman, and senior and captain Chamo Roberto Pena. Maybe I kind of sort of did bring it up to him that he was on the verge of becoming the all-time home run leader. I shouldn't say all time single season home run leader in K-State history. Went into the final 11 games and unfortunately did not hit a home run. He finished with 15 tied for fourth all time with Zach Kacoska. Um, Now, Pena also – I'm not trying to jump on the guy for anything here. He did set the individual record in a single season for strikeouts, and he kind of shattered the record with 81. Uh, But he did finish in the top 10 of the Big 12 in RBI this year. By the way, 488 strikeouts for the team this year. That's a new record. Uh, All right. Number eight. Number eight, individual stolen bases in a season. I had a watch on Brendan Jones. Brendan Jones finished with 28 this year. That's fifth most all time. It's also the most in 28 years for a KSA baseball player in stolen bases. Number seven. Number seven is stolen bases as a team in the season. K-State finished with 114. Now, as we head into the postseason, where everybody stands right now, that was the 19th most in college baseball. When it comes to K-State history, it's the fifth most all-time. Wasn't really close to the record. The record 149, and that was back in 2009. Number six. On my list of revisiting some... uh, Records that we were watching for K-State baseball this season. Number six was strikeouts per nine. K-State pitching and their strikeouts per nine innings. And I asked Troy when we did this top ten, I was like 9.1 strike strikeouts per nine. Pretty good number?
0: Solid number. He said,
1: yeah, so, that's exactly solid number. K-State finished at 9.0. Exactly at one strikeout per inning. Now 79th in the country, but that is also third best all time. Third best all time. So yes, this team at the plate did strike out a bunch. But also this pitching staff for K-State struck out some dudes. Uh, Also another tip of the cap for Pete Hughes. First and second when it comes to this record, 9.9 and 9.6 is 1 and 2. Those are the previous two years. So there you have it. The last three seasons for K-State baseball have been the three best all-time when it comes to strikeouts by K-State pitching. Now let's go. What's the opposite of a strikeout? Number five. A walk, right? Walks in a season. Pete Hughes, this was big emphasis for this team this year, wanted this team to take more walks, and they did. 340 this season. As we head into the postseason, college baseball does, not exactly us. Tenth in the country, third most in program history. The record was 3-8, is three eighty two back in 1995, and that is the most walks since 1995. Number four. Number four is individual walks in a season, and I specifically called out Brady Day. Because Brady Day, three weeks ago, was leading the team in walks. And guess what? He finished the season. As a team leader in walks, he might have been the most improved player this season for K-State. Maybe there's arguments for others. Of course, I was a big fan of Brady Day this year. He was also one K-State's one of their best hitters. If not the best, I have to go back and look at the numbers. But Brady Day, just looking at the walks, finished with 49 this year. That is the third most in program history individually. But right behind him, Brendan Jones had 45. That's eighth most all time. So you had two cats this year individually finishing the top ten in program history in total walks in a season. Number three. Let's go back to pitching. This was one I was watching very closely because I was hoping he would get to the minimum. Individual season ERA. We were looking at Tyson Neighbors. The thing is, it, to land in the top 10, or at least be considered, you had to pitch at least 50 innings in a season to be listed. Tyson finished four outs short of that. Ooh, Four outs, 48.2 innings. He finished with an ERA of 185 in those 48-plus innings. Mm. If he would have recorded four more outs and still kept that ERA, if he just stayed solid at 185, That would have been sixth best all-time. Sixth best all-time. By the way, his 11 saves this year, third best all-time. Number two. This one was taken care of in the Oklahoma State series. That's just road victories in a season. This was the best season ever for K-State baseball on the road. Fourteen victories for K-State. Not on a neutral site, just true road matchups. K-State with 14 dubs. Number one. And then finally, number one stat to revisit as it was one of my stats to watch, records to watch, fielding percentage in a season. This was a topic really since the middle of the year and on about how K State was just doing so well in the field. And, and talking to Pete Hughes, this was, you know, game one, pre-game interview, a topic that was brought up and about how good this infield was going to be. Kalen Culpepper has been one of the best, if not the best, defensive third basemans in college baseball. Nick Goodwin has been solid. He has been much better in the field. Brady Day steps up and starts to clean house at second base. And by the way, Roberto Pena at first. The fielding percentage this season for K-State was 975. Second best in program history. The record, 976. It was so close. Wow. 976 in 2012. And by the way, I was also watching, it was kind of like two records in one with number one here. I was also watching errors in a season because the least amount of errors in a season was 45 in 1967. That was back when they played like 23 games in a season. I, we, we mentioned earlier, K-State had nine errors in Arlington. But the Cats, Bat-Cats still finished with just 53. For the amount of games that are played these days and having 53 errors, it's a pretty low number. Pretty low number. I think Troy agrees with that. Yep, it is. So, even though K-State didn't have the wrap to the season it was looking for, regional First in a decade, there is still, and I just gave you a whole bunch of numbers, and I'm sure there's more I'm missing. Maybe more individual stuff that I just didn't get to, to be proud of. A lot of individual stuff. When it comes to the team stuff, though, nothing is more important than like wins and losses and making a regional. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen this year.
0: Uh, and no, the com- committee's telling us RPI mattered more.
1: RPI mattered than, than anything else. Uh, unreal. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, um, this topic, I, you know, I took a break from sports for a couple of days. Apparently this blew up and I had no idea. Instead of going deep and do that specific topic, I want to go, I want to kind of deviate and kind of go into a, like one B from the, about the person we're going to talk about next year on the game. Yes, the the Mitch is back here on the game with Troy. What uh, what station were you giving a
0: shout out there to? Yeah, I was going back three, four years. When you're in autopilot mode in your brain, I, I hey, it, it, when I started here, that happened, The same thing happened to me. I mean, I was there for 18 years for crying out loud. It's kind of ingrained in me. But well, what was it? Uh, it was for KFKA. What? What's the? What were you saying? What? what, news, what? T- news Talk 1310 KFKA. See,
1: that's it's very similar. Yeah. News Radio. We yeah. don't say 1350 anymore, but just News Radio K Man. But yeah, it's
0: super it's, similar, right? And so yeah. Now we, I think we can let it pass. <sighs> it's annoying to me. We'll <laughs> give you the verbal warning. Yeah, next time thank, it's a written. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, it goes in my file. I know. Next is a citation.
1: If you do it three more times, we'll have to write you up for a second time. Three more times after that, we will suspend you for a segment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> At least suspend for segments for a lot less. Oh boy. So as I said before the break, again, Mitch and Troy, we're back on the game. Um. So I saw this as I got to work today And I, I, didn't, I didn't hear a thing about it Until now But apparently there was some worry that uh, Gene Taylor might make Or might take the uh, Iowa AD job My first thought was <laughs> Do you guys know what Gary Barter was being paid At Iowa And he was there for a long time He was there a very long time For an AD Very long time Compared to what Gene is making at K State, I, I think, I think Gene, and that's the thing. Like he got a, a raise and extension a couple of years ago. Is it too soon for another one?
0: Oh boy, no. A because, few more shingles because we t- kind of tend to give them to coaches Chillin'. in relative short order, based on successes. I think, I think Gene was, is making double. Really?
1: Let me. Let's see, because I had it pulled up here. Okay, so so Gene Taylor's last contract extension, the annual salary beginning, la- uh, yeah, last year, last academic year, was nine twenty five. Okay, so okay, maybe not double, but Barta was making six fifty.
0: So two-thirds of what We're, Gene Taylor was yeah, making.
1: Still quite a bit of, you know, uh, you know it's, it's a lot more money for Gene than than Barter was. I don't know, is would Iowa be ready to make that kind
0: of wow. move? Is that an Iowa move? Given who their football coach is and their basketball coach? Maybe.
1: Maybe <laughs> an AD that has the stones to go talk to him. To get rid of both?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. You talk about being underpaid. You're having to put up with those two. You're underpaid. Oh, and, and there's no doubt. Like, athletics. Oh, my God. Manhattan,
1: Kansas. Just just as a whole is more fun, I would think, than Iowa City, Iowa. Okay, the Hawkeyes, yes, they did get into the NCAA baseball tournament. They got Caitlin Clark, but the Bat-Cat's going to be in it next year, guys. There you go. Aoka is coming back. We got an Elite Eight last year for, for basketball. That was what? Two months ago? It feels like just yesterday. And by the way, K State football is about to win the Big 12 every year. <laughs> the cash to be made as an AD is right here, which brings me to really what I wanted to get to with this whole mini Gene Taylor segment. All right, Kleinman got his raise, Tangs is coming soon, his extension. If you want to throw one at Gene, sure. Just let me know when it's appropriate for me to bring up my race, Because, you know, it, is it a coincidence that I'm the PA for football, basketball, baseball? And now they're all having success? I'm just saying, like, you know, I've, I, it may be my time. Mm-hmm. Maybe my time, you know— There's others, you know, that have asked the fort to uh, come do some radio slash announcing for him.
0: So, if you don't want. Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. We we got Gypsy to steal the fort. Hang hang on just a moment. Breaking news. Mitch Fortner confirming this afternoon that he is reselling. Listen, you know what? Reno, Nevada, (laughs) getting their
1: hands on. mitchell lee fortner
0: talk about a step down you
1: don't want bowling green to start offering mitch fortner 500 bucks more than he's making now no it's there's no uh i want to be a cat i want the i want the cat lifetime there you go okay (laughs) Okay, so we'll start negotiating. I'll, I'll get my people to contact your people, and we'll get the ball rolling. All right, anyway. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up the, uh, the hour with how in the world can you win a race and you're knocked out? How's that a possibility? Well, I'll tell you why. Or how. Next. We wrap up hour one of the game as we head to Cooper's Hill, about a it's roughly a hundred miles north of London. And every year dating back to the 1820s, they have an event that is absolutely on my bucket list. It is the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling in Wake. I'm sure we've all seen it. The Wheel of Cheese goes rolling down the hill, and so does about 50 bodies. As they're being, being, try to be the first person to cross the finish line. It's not about getting the cheeses, but just about crossing the finish line without any broken bones or severed heads. So there was a a difference with this year's event because usually the main event for all the cheese wheels is there's a men's division and there's a women's division. This year they're like, all right, we're going to run the genders together and we're going to see who the best of the best is. This was nuts, and it's always nuts. I mean, this wheel is rolling down this hill like 70 miles per hour, and these people are tumbling. The gal that ended up winning this year, she beat everybody else. Her name is Delaney Irving, and she's a Canadian 19 years old. She won crossing the finish unconscious. So what happens was, as you can imagine – when she took one of her last tumbles, her head smacked into the ground. It's part of the sport. As of right now, there's no uh, rules being changed like football is. Any head-on collisions with any sort of people or ground is still game on. Concussion monitor? There is no concussion protocol okay. for the cheese
0: race. Interesting.
1: She crossed the finish line, sliding across unconscious. There was it was almost it was a photo finish, basically. I mean, it was better than the Kentucky Derby, Indianapolis 500, Daytona 500, because <laughs> the person that finished in second was seen diving across the finish line. Nope, this gal sliding on her face, KO'd, does not remember a thing, and she wins the race. And she says, next year I'm coming back to defend my title. And this time, I can guarantee I'll be conscious for the victory. Calling her shot already. Hour 2 of the game going to feature Brian Smoller, K-State broadcaster. We're going to get into the RPI, the Cats being snubbed. We'll get deep into that conversation. Plus, number one song that ain't day, Ask Us Anything. Hour 2 of the game is up next. Local news.